he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome, welcome. You know, listen to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building. I'm back in the building, baby. Intercom Studios. Maslin and Wilshire. But I'm a little solo. Bolo. I got my man Greg Biggins on the line, though. GB, what it do? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. I got a lot of energy this morning. Feeling really excited about today's show. We're going to talk a little rankings, a little national rankings, top 10, a little West Coast rankings, 247. You guys dropped, uh, I think, early last week, so we'll kind of get a chance to get into that. We got some recruiting to get to in a little bit. We got one to watch, another one out of Servite. Servite's freshman team is loaded. We got a kid that I think is going to be a national recruit at this time next year. We got a sleeper out of Norco, and uh, we're going to bring this baby to a close, but without further ado. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. GB, hit us with recruiting. Yeah, I mean, let's just rip right through and talk about commitments. There isn't a lot of uh, visits going on right now. Like I said, it's still a dead period. Dead period goes until the end of the month. But we did have three pretty big commitments. We kind of teased a couple of these last week. How about Ethan Ray, Orange Lutheran, tight end, Keith? He's fighting on. He's going to USC. How do you feel about that one? You know, I think you've been calling this for a while, GB. You were hinting to it, I think, last week or so. Uh, I had a feeling that it was going to be a fight-on deal for, for Big Ethan, but I love the fit for him. He's a guy that can play in-line tight end. USC, kind of a, a pro-style spread team. Uh, they use a lot of in-line stuff. They use a lot of hybrid stuff and nub tight ends, uh, detaches and whatnot. Ethan's a guy that's versatile with his athletic ability, but he has a size to hold the point and security edge. Versus defensive end, I think it's a good fit for Ethan and for USC. He's fighting on Ethan Ray, Orange Lutheran tight end. Congratulations, and uh, go do your thing at SC, man. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I think for a while, um, in fact, going back to, I would say, five, six months ago, he kind of made a comment that if someone would have told him then that he'd be going to USC, he would have thought they were crazy. Comes from a UCLA family. His dad played at UCLA. Uh, UCLA took Michael Martinez, only wanted one tight end. I think that was a mistake, but whatever. Uh, Oregon was involved. Florida was involved. A few other schools were involved, but uh, he said USC, man, a little too much, too much going for them for him to pass up. And where I think this is really going to benefit them, not just because Ethan's a good player, but his best friend happens to be a guy who goes by the name of Kyle Ford, who USC was doing just okay with. But I think now he has Ethan in his ear. I think USC is going to pick it up. I think USC has kind of positioned themselves. Uh, and much better standing with Kyle Ford as well. Hey, how about Titus Toller? Staying with the Trinity League theme, Titus Toller is going to the University of Colorado, again, uh, where his dad actually went and played. Uh, Robert Toller, Titus, kind of thought for a while he was going to Washington. Washington took a couple safeties, and it was looking a little bit crowded. Colorado was always a school that was probably the most consistent with Titus. I think they probably recruited him the hardest. I think he felt like, and rightfully so, that's where he wasn't just a need, but they wanted him. And I think he fits in well. They used to do a lot of two and even three tight end. Uh, should be a lot of two and three safety type schemes, he said. And he's going to fit in uh, really well. So I think Titus is excited. 
uh, to head to the Pac-12 and play for the Bucks, Keith. Yeah, you know, Titus is a kid. He's kind of been around a block once or twice out here in Southern California. But nevertheless, he's a guy that can be a deep high safety, play to half the field. Can he can he move down and be a nickel guy in a zone coverage? Can he come up, fill the alleyway with a physical hat? Is he a presence in the locker room that can provide leadership and direction for uh, younger guys as he kind of matriculates through the program there at CU? Of course, the coaches love him. Coach Cheverini, who recruits out here in Southern California, doing a great job nabbing future buffs. Congratulations to Titus Toller and family. And last but not least, and one of the reasons why I think uh, Titus ended up at CU, not the only reason, but had a, a played a, a small role with Asa Turner, Carlsbad High School. kid has been one of my favorite players for a couple of years now. Talk about an upside. Talk about length in a, in a frame that you cannot uh, teach. 6'4", 205-pound Asa Turner. He was getting recruited as a safety, as a wide receiver, and as a linebacker. Came down to Washington, Notre Dame, and USC. He chose the Washington Huskies. Huge pickup for them. Jimmy Lake does not miss out on too many DBs that he really, really likes. Notre Dame gave him a lot to think about. He absolutely loved that official trip. Clark Lee, their D.C., does a phenomenal job out there recruiting. They want him as a linebacker, and it really didn't matter where uh, position he played. That didn't make a difference. Uh, Washington said safety, Notre Dame said linebacker. But uh, I, I think the, the three-year relationship he had with Jimmy Lake and Coach Peterson was a little too much uh, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame to overcome. But like I said, it was really close in the end. But he decided to go to the Huskies. He would play safety. And I think he's got a chance to go in there and play early. He's kind of been battling an ankle injury for about the last three or four months, unfortunately. But when this kid is healthy, this kid has special talent, a huge upside. Asa Turner. Yeah, you know what, Greg, what's interesting to me is, you know, in recruiting, there, there are a couple different types of guys. There are Jags, where just just a guy who's good, nothing wrong with that. There are um, guys who need to be developed, they're going to take two to three years. And then there's got those dynamic athletes. I think Ace Turner fits into that dynamic athlete uh, sit category. You talk about a kid who's six foot four, 205, 210 pounds, can run like the wind, can hit like a Mack truck. Washington doing a nice job bringing dynamic athletes up to that area in the Pacific Northwest. If you think about it, Brandon Cajo, the country's number one linebacker last year, Julius Irving, you know, a four-star safety, and, and you know, by all intents and purposes, one of the top safeties in America coming out last year. Now, Asa Turner, uh, who's my guy, Marquis Spiker last year, Cam Fabiculana, dynamic players who can not only make plays but make the people around them better. That, that add to a culture of winning and toughness and competitiveness. Love what Coach Peterson and the dogs are doing up there in Washington. Great job. And uh, we got three commitments, three more commitments that will happen later this month. Uh, and you kind of mentioned Washington, how well they're doing out in the SoCal region. Uh, Cameron Williams from Bakersfield. He also uh, will be decided on August 25th. I do not have my uh, little calendar in front of me. I'm going to look it up as I'm speaking. That's going to be next Wednesday. Uh, Cam is going to be deciding early Oregon commit, backed off that. Uh, now down to uh, Oregon, Washington, and USC. And I think Washington is doing really well for Cam. My, my crystal ball right now is set on the Huskies. So I, I think Cam is going to come in as a kind of a hybrid corner safety, probably more so as a safety. And if you combine Asa Turner and Cam Boyd, that's a really nice safety tandem. If indeed it happens, don't want to jinx it, but I think that's kind of where he's leading. Also, Bryce Young, just a 2020 quarterback, 
Uh, but he's going to make a decision later, later this month, I believe. It hasn't set a date yet, but I think that will happen later this month. Uh, Oklahoma and USC are the two schools that uh, are probably doing the best with him. Texas is also involved. Washington is also involved. That's kind of his top four. I, I've been saying USC for a little bit. I'm kind of on an island saying that. I think a lot of people think he's going to be going to Oklahoma, but we'll see. And then Jude Wolf, uh, he's actually going to decide not later this month, but on August 3rd. So um, I believe that's his grandmother's birthday. He said uh, she's been very influential in his life, so he wanted to commit on her birthday. Jude Wolf. And uh, I think USC, Washington, uh, maybe Notre Dame, probably his main school. Mostly USC, Washington, and I've been saying USC for Jude Wolf for uh, a little while. So kind of a USC-dominated commit um, today, looking at Ethan Ray and potentially uh, Bryce Young, Jude Wolf. Uh, Trojans are starting to roll a little bit if they do indeed land all these guys. And Keith, that is a very abbreviated version of recruiting notes. Just keep it as Keep it simple. Keep it short and sweet. That is very abbreviated, GB. I'm a little in shock and awe right now, my man. Hey, it's a beautiful, hey, dead period, man. We, we don't want to manufacture the news. There's some offers going out, but you know, we just want to keep it nice and tight. It's yeah. kind of like my haircut right now. High and tight. <laughs> High and tight, man. Keep that. Keep seven points of pressure on that ball when you carry it. Out in the backyard 100%. working. Out in the Absolutely. Back, out in the backyard working with little Austin Miller yesterday. I need seven points nice. of pressure. Nice. No, GB, as always, man, thank you for your recruiting. I don't know who does it better, uh, but I can tell you this, man. You are always up to snuff, and you have your, your thumb on the post of that recruiting deal. So I appreciate it. As always, you do a great job, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No doubt about it. So let's move on. It's time to get to our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our sleeper of the week this week comes from, I guess, is, is Norco considered the IE, Greg? It is. Okay, so from the IE area, which we know is populated with many of great athletes, guys like Stephen Carr come up out of there. Uh, the, the running back from USC. He's going to have a special year, by the way, GB. I love Carr. But uh, this kid's out of Norco High School. He's a 2021 kid. So he's got a couple of years, but I got a chance to watch him at the Battle of the Beach 7-on-7. Then I got a chance to watch him in Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy. About 5'11", probably about 155, 160 pounds, but the kid can go. You talk about speed, this kid can flat out fly, okay? 4'5", flat 40 guy, explosive in and out of his routes. Terrific hands and just a pup, a 2021 kid, Jonah Carnell, Norco High School. Really, really like this kid. A natural hands catcher, an explosive route runner. 
terrific instincts and understanding where to sit down in a route versus on, where to keep going versus man. And if he's even GB, he's leaving. Let me tell you, the boy's got some juice in those legs like he's got a jetpack on his back. And he's not going to do anything but get better moving forward. So Jonah Carnell, 2021 wide receiver, Norco High School, this week's Sleeper of the Week. Hey, I, I like that. My buddy Greg Johnson, who actually I played in, went to high school with and coaches at Norco, has been talking this guy up. So uh, when a coach talks you up, it's always a good thing because it means you've got a high character, you're a work ethic guy to go along. I think we've both seen quite a few guys, Keith, no names, who may look good in the event, but those coaches don't really want to sell them. But this kid is definitely getting pumped up by his coaches, my good friend, who's got a great eye for character and talent. So I like your choice. I second that emotion. Hey, no doubt. Jonah, he's a big-time player. He he lit up the Hall of Fame Academy. And, uh, again, he stood out from a group of guys. I mean, his speed really, really shook shook the defense and took the top off. So congratulations to him. Right now, GB, we're going to get into a little rankings recap. So at 247, um, a lot of respect for you guys. Rankings, as, as I tell people all the time, and they have qualms about who's ranked where and so on. Ranking kids are not easy. Okay, I know this for a fact from experience. Ranking kids are not easy. And, and if you can, Greg, can you educate our listeners on when 247 puts out a ranking, that ranking is based on what? Can you finish that? So two, two main things to remember. I said it many times. Projection upside. Projection and upside. And with 24-7, the rankings are based on your NFL value. So it's not college. There's guys who we feel could be three-year starters in college, which is great. But it's about will you get drafted? Um 247 does uh, 32 five stars, not right now, but end of the year, we kind of work our way up to that amount, 32, because there's 32 uh, first round picks in the draft. So it's it's not that, that and that's the hardest part for me is you could see a guy and and believe in your heart, this guy A is better than player B, but yet you rank player B over him because he's got a higher ceiling, he's got more long term potential, and and that's where you're gonna miss. That's where you know you see NFL teams miss because they're doing the same thing NBA sure. they're doing the same thing they're drafting on how good can you be if you maximize your talent and if you reach your potential we all know not everybody does that very few reach their highest highest ceiling some guys have a higher floor other guys have a higher ceiling we rank based on the ceiling if player A maximizes himself and player B does who's going to be uh, the guy five years from now who could be that that first round pick that NFL pro bowler so that, that's Probably the quickest and easiest way to summarize it. Yeah, sure. And you know what? And the reason why I asked you to do that, GB, I'm not sure if everybody understands the premise under which you guys are ranking players. Um, and and I've, you know, I've been a part of many and many conversations where guys are, you know, complaining about who's ranked where and who's better. And I always go back to projection and upside project and in terms of 24 7 you're talking nfl projection and upside i know other sites they talk pretty much college projection and upside but 24 7 is specifically nfl projection and upside so really quickly gb let's go i want to go through top 10 national rankings we got a okay we have a change at the top we got a new number one player I want to I want to get your thoughts on this and i know it's kind of uh, your meal ticket but give us your thoughts Nolan Smith, Leapfrogs, Zach Harrison, Kayvon Thibodeau as the number one player in the country. Um, 
what, what's your what's your take on that? So um, I'm actually going there myself. I just clicked on. I try to switch over from the composite to the, the 24/7 rankings, and sure. it's giving me some issues. So give me a second. Um, I, I think we actually already had Nolan ahead of Kayvon. Uh-huh. Uh, we had Zach Harrison number one, right? And obviously, these guys are, are outside my reason. I haven't seen them enough to, to fully, you know, comment. We watched the tape, and I saw him in person, at, you know, at the uh, at the opening. But Nolan Smith just seems like he's he's a really safe choice. And, and let's be honest, right now, last year we, we thought there was a, a pretty strong consensus Trevor Lawrence. This year, there really isn't a number one guy. There's five or six guys who could be number one guys. So. Okay. No, I mean we got three defensive ends. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, um, you can flip those. I think we said that last week. You can go Cave on one. You can go Harrison one. You can go Nolan one. It just seems like right now, Nolan just seems like he's the safest guy. And, and just obviously, I think he's a great football player. Love the measurables. Didn't have maybe the, the traditional length of a number one overall defensive end. Used to those guys are the Jadavian Clowney's, the six five guys. But with Smith been so dominant on the field and then you look at just his athleticism and when you measure athleticism it's not always about testing numbers but with him you know his 40 and vertical jump are, are really off the charts and then you see it translate to the field some guys may run four five and they play four nine right okay Nolan plays fast he really does off that edge he plays fast and uh so again even among our staff which is you know there's five or six of us who all try to figure this out there was i don't think there was really a consensus among us so um, Smith one, Harrison two, Cave on three, and then Brew McCoy at number four. Uh, I really wish Brew would have went to the opening and competed because I think if he had gone and he was healthy, he could have had a kind of a similar show that Kyle Ford put on. Yeah, and I will go to my grave saying that I think Brew was even better on defense. I think the only guys who think that way, you know, talking to the big horse, McCoy, Bruce, daddy, so everybody except for Nick Saban wants him on offense. I'm going, shoot, well, Nick Saban, GB. I guess we're the two guys liking my defense. I'll take that company. Hey, so, hold on. You got to put me in there. Hold on now. Hold on I didn't now. I didn't, you like him as a defensive guy, too? Oh, okay, good. there's no so, question. There's no so question. So me, you, and Nick. Me, yeah. you, and Nick, the three of us. I, you know, honestly, I think a lot of people like him better on defense. But I think most schools are liking him or recruiting for receivers. And that could be because... Maybe they think that's what he wants to play. Right, of and course. And so they want to recruit him accordingly. Yeah. I just feel like the guy just pops on defense just so much more than that receiver. But he was in this discussion as well, Keith. Yeah. So Brew was definitely in that discussion. Unfortunately, um, you know, he wasn't able to compete on that big stage. And then it's looking like, unless something changes, he's going to probably play a receiver. And we didn't like his upside at receiver as much as he do as an outside linebacker, an Anthony Barr type of guy. If he were to, to go that linebacker route, he'd probably be, you know, even more in that discussion, one or two. So that's kind of the, the how we got to Nolan as number one. That's kind of the, the rest of the top four. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. We've got Derek Stingley at number five. Again, checks every box, measurables. And, again, it, it, you can be a dominant high school player, um, but at the NFL level, man, you got to have some, some, some length and some exceptional speed to play corner. And Derek Stingley is a guy who's 6 feet, 6'1", who runs legitimate 4'3", 4'4", and he can play. He's not just a testing guy. He actually goes out there and he makes some plays, and he's dynamic. Uh, Derek Stingley, number one corner in the country, is at number five. Logan Brown right now, he's going to Wisconsin. They're not a bad place to go if you want to be an impact offensive lineman. Absolutely not. Looking down the list right there, you got Trayvon Walker, big-time D-tackle. 
Daxton Hill is a freak athlete. Another guy who ran four three four four at six two six one whatever he is. Uh, I know one of your guys that you love a lot, George Carlapis. Dude, honestly, Keith, George is in the discussion. We we, we talked, we watched his tape mm-hmm. and kind of measured his performance against those other those other three guys. Right. And there wasn't a whole lot of difference. So George is number nine, and then Owen Papo, which is another guy who's a freak athlete. Again, might not be the best linebacker right now. Yeah. But he's six one. He's two ten. And he's just twitchy as heck. Yeah. And again, the upside is off the charts. He's going to put on some weight. He's going to Auburn, and um, we think Owen's got a, a world love type. So again, that top ten right there, kind of flip them around. But I think we're pretty comfortable with with those ten guys as the ten guys right now. Yeah. So you know, I think that was a great explanation, GB, kind of breaking that whole deal down. I guess the only thing that I was thinking on my on my side is, you know. When you talk NFL draft, you're talking about that Jadavion Clowney, excuse me, that Jadavion Clowney type. Um, And I don't get that from Nolan Smith. I think Nolan Smith is going to be a great football player. I mean, he's he's about as freaky of an athlete as you're going to get on the high school level. There's no doubt about that. Um, right now, he's a bit of a one-trick pony, but th- again, it's not about right now. It's about projection. I mean, I thought I made an unbelievable comparison with him and Vic Beasley, the first-round pick out of Clemson, who's now the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they look like the same exact player. Uh, body frame, structure, movement, speed, quickness, the whole nine yards. Um, and I'm sticking with that. Zach Harrison is a guy who's got a ton of potential, but it, you know... Will it be realized? There's a ton of upside, GB. You know, will he ever reach that upside? Um, competed at the opening in t-shirts and shorts. Didn't get in the pads because of Ohio rules. But, you know, sp- speaking to people who know him, speaking to pe- the, some of the media who cover him, they swear by this kid. I don't know just yet. I haven't seen him enough. I can't comment in terms of being the number one player in the nation. But I can comment on number three here, Kayvon Thibodeau. You talk about an alpha, alpha male. You talk about the leader of the pack. You talk about the guy who's going to give you that 6'5", 245-pound frame, give you the length, give you the run stop, give you the pass rush, play with the attitude, create a culture in the locker room. To me, the... Without a question, Kayvon Thibodeau is the number one player in the nation. He's the number one player in high school football. He's the number one projected in college. He's the number one projected to the pros. Now, I know we got to wait some years for to see how that all pans out. But I've had a time. I've had chances to, to sit down and talk with Kayvon on one on one. Spend you know hours with him, days with him, watch him versus good competition, great competition, poor competition. It's the same player, dominant, dominant player. And when you take those measurables and you take that relentless intestinal fortitude and you take that alpha leadership, that's your number one player in the country. And and that's all I really got to say about it. Love Nolan Smith. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, the kid is just like nasty freaky. Like it doesn't even make any sense how this kid, his flexibility at that size is crazy. And then Zach Harrison looks like a small forward playing defensive end. I think the thing with Kayvon, I'm going to disagree <clears throat> with a little bit of what you said. He, he, he wasn't dominant in every game he played. There was a couple of games last year that I saw that he disappeared in. 
and he wasn't dominant at the Nike camp in, in back in March. So those are three times that I saw him play where he was, I don't want to say he was a jag, but he was just okay. Um, there's something about Kayvon that I think scares some people. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I do love his upside and his ceiling. If all three of these guys maximize their potential, I think Kayvon is probably the guy who could be the number one overall pick in the draft. Looking at Florida State, Alabama, they're going to develop him. Um, and not saying he's going to those schools. I'm just saying he's got a chance to really develop and become a great player and shoot. He's number three in the country, so it's not like we're saying the guy can't play. Right. But I think for the most part last year, Keith, you were on the Brew McCoys, the number one player in the country, the yeah. best player in California bandwagons. I'm yeah. not sure how all of a sudden something flipped. I, I think if you put those two guys in the same field, Brew would be the best player on that field, making plays on both sides of the ball. So you just saying it's no discussion. It's not even, you know, it is a discussion because he didn't show up that well against Chaminade or Briar the Valley or the Nike camp, and Brew McCoy would probably be a better player if they played tomorrow. So I think to say that it's not a discussion is, is, is wrong because it is a discussion, and there's been several times that he has not dominated. Now, I, I agree with you about his long-term potential being the highest, but it, it's definitely worth worth discussing. He hasn't been Jadavian Clowney where it, he's head and shoulders above everybody else, and he, he hasn't shown that he is you know the, the alpha guy above everybody. I have not seen that from him like you have. I, I Okay, and, and that's point well taken. I've, I've seen the progression, GB. You talked about against Shamanai, you talk about against Marietta Valley. He's not that guy anymore. He's not that player anymore. He's the guy that you saw at the opening dominate everybody, right? But, but no, I agree. But you said every time out he's dominated. And that's, so to say every time out, that would include those two games, correct? Every that's time, I'm sorry, every time out that I've seen him, Right, I haven't seen him every game, but every time I go to see him, he dominates. Now we did saw him at the Nike. Back in March? We we did saw him at the Nike. Up. I thought he did dominate. I thought Miles Moreau gave him some problems, did a nice job on him, absolutely. But I don't think Kayvon was as polished then than he is now. He's learned some things, picked up some things that has made his game go to another level. Now that it's July and not March, if you understand what I mean. And, and, and you're putting me in a position where I have to almost be critical okay. of Kayvon. Just, just, just to play devil's advocate. No, so, no, go ahead. Dude, trust, no, I, so I, I love the kid. Of course. We I'm all do. Number three. So, so I, I'm not trying to say he can't play. I'm just, I'm just, just for the sake of this argument, I'm, I'm having to take a, a counter devil's advocate argument. So, um, no, I, again, I, I think if all three of those guys, or all ten of those guys reach their highest ceiling, he's the number one guy. I think there's some things about him that kind of scare some people away. Is he going to reach that ceiling? You know, we'll we'll see. But I, I just think there's some question marks. Oh, Greg, you said there's some things that, I mean, if you can elaborate, if you can, because I'm not sure what those things are. Um, I love everything about Kayvon. What can you can you elaborate? Can you what's not, not too much? I mean, it's nothing like not too much. Okay. <laughs> not too much. Okay. Um, I I think I, I think he's got a lot of interest. Okay. That I think is a is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not just a, just a football player. He's I think you talk to him and he wants to be an entrepreneur and have his hand in this, this, and this. Sure. And so whereas I know with Nolan, he's man, he's 100 percent football. That's all he thinks about. That's what he wants to do. So 
you know, that, that's just kind of a little thing. And, and again, I don't want to be in a position where I, I feel like I'm being critical of the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I probably feel like I am. No, you don't. So ho- hopefully it doesn't come across like that. Right. I, I do think the guy has a, a very high ceiling. And like, I'll repeat myself one more time, man. If all the ceiling, he could be that number one guy, no doubt about it. Especially if he goes to, you know, some of these schools that he's looking at, they can really develop. In. And, you know, Terrell, we talked to Micah Pittman on, on Friday for the interview. And, uh, I know Kayvon goes to see with Terrell Gaines, who I know personally is a phenomenal trainer, and I think that's probably why he went from like a four nine forty to like a four six forty in about three or four months. So right. Terrell's been huge. I saw a much much better burst off the edge, more athleticism from March to Dallas. So I, I agree with you; he's going in the right direction. No doubt, no doubt about that. Okay, so you've seen that progression from a, a September, B March to now July. Correct. I have. Okay. Run the same page there. Okay. Solid. Want to move on a little bit. Want to talk kind of, you know, West Coast. Kayvon would be one. Brew McCoy, two. I got no problem putting Brew McCoy in the number one category. The only reason why I didn't speak so highly that Brew hasn't had a chance to compete this offseason. Right? Right. Um, For the most part. For the most part. Right? I, I saw him. At the, at the Nike camp, he looked good, not great. Um, and then, you know, he's kind of been out, been dinged up a little bit. So it was hard to put him in the conversation. Of course, the season means everything to me. Camps mean hardly nothing. Uh, so <laughs> Brew will get his chance to stake claim, and I have no issue with that at all. Uh, if you move down, the next guy from the state of California or the West Coast, you got Kyle Ford, who we know put on an amazing performance at the Nike camp, but I've been a big Kyle Four. I know you have too, a big Kyle Four guy for a really long time, and uh, he's just kind of showing his medal over the last, you know, kind of a couple of months or so. Uh, after Kyle Ford, you're looking at a guy like uh, who is Sean Ryan, a kid I've been screaming his name for two years. Uh, when I saw him at the beginning of his sophomore year, I thought he was special, super, super special. And actually nominated him for the future fifty when I was working with the Under Armour. What are your thoughts on Sean Ryan over there at San Juan Hills, GB? I mean, a little bit of a ghost in the terms of he just hasn't really been around much this offseason. Yeah. Um, you know, B Hub saw him at the Army Combine and loved him. And then he also saw him last year during the season. I'm looking forward to seeing him this coming weekend at a little lineman competition at Huntington Beach High School. But uh the film really checks out. This is a guy who Barton Simmons watched a ton of film on and say, hey, he hasn't come to any events, but after watching all the tackles, this guy is, is, is the one that deserves, deserves a bump. So it's kind of funny. The West Coast guys, you know, we've always liked him, but it's almost kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And then Barton really pushed hard for him to get elevated to where he was before to now where he is. I can't, uh, where is he right now nationally at O-Tackle? Like number two, number three rated O-Tackle. Yeah, I think um, he might be the like number three, three rating. Yeah. yeah. So a guy who I can't wait to see more of, but again, you talk about next level upside with the length and the athleticism and the feet and the toughness. Yes. Sean Ryan, he checks off everything you want. Ain't no doubt about it. So then after Sean Ryan, you got Jacob Bandis, who absolutely blew up the Nike opening finals in Dallas, was the MVP of the defensive line. He did an unbelievable job. Also had him in, in Canada at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Henry Taoto. Taoto out of De La Salle. Rated pretty highly, Greg. And I don't know about this one. I don't know if I'm in agreement with you guys here. I like Taoto. Don't love Taoto. Um, had a chance to see him against Gorman. Didn't really shine. Saw him against Modern Day, but didn't see him against Modern Day, if you know what I mean. Um, right now, 
You know, they got him, what, maybe the fifth or sixth best player in the state of California, 33 in the nation. Any insight there? Yeah, he wasn't in the modern – he didn't play the modern-day game because of some injuries. You know, he's a guy who, again, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Really want to see him. He's probably going to kind of start to gradually drop um, because of just – because of that. But as a sophomore, loved him, liked his junior tape a lot. Um you know, our guy Nate Kenya from Beta Sal, who you know, friends with. Sure. Really, really high on him. And, and a guy, I thought a guy who's twitchy, who can cover. He is an explosive hitter. He can blitz. I thought he's a guy who, if we had a chance to see him more this offseason, I thought he would be someone that would jump out because I, I thought he kind of he, he fits what you want to see in the offseason of a guy who can kind of do all three things. Yeah. But again, just didn't get to see him. So. And I think he's just been banged up with injuries. I don't know if he was ever really healthy last year, played some running back. Um, but, yeah, he, he might be a little bit on the highest side right now at 33 overall, the national. Yeah, so moving on from that, we got Zach Charbonnet really quickly, Michael Wright, and then Spencer Rattler. I don't know if, I don't know if Rattler – I don't know. I feel like Rattler might be rated a little bit lower than he should be, GB. That's just my own thought there. Charbonnet, love him. Michael Wright, love him as well. But Rattler at 46, I think he's got a little bit more value than that. But I know this is this is NFL projection. He's not prototypical pocket statuesque passer at 6'5". He's just a really, really good football player and a really dynamic leader and a super quarterback. And and, and, and I agree with you. And everyone does, Keith. So, so that one's going to move up. And, and again, we didn't have any quarterbacks in our top 100 prior to the opening. Yeah. So what, what this is, is we don't want to jump a kid 100 spots based off of certain shorts, right? Okay. You, you, you respect that. Uh, you yeah, absolutely. That. Sure. So what, what we did was we gave him a huge jump still. I mean, from outside of 100, he's now, you know, in the top 50 and – you mentioned the, the the size of the quarterbacks, but shoot, he's going to Oklahoma, where a guy just went number one in the draft, who's about an inch probably shorter than he is. No so doubt, yeah. We're not really so. I we're kind of almost overlooking the size with Rattler. We love him. He checks off everything. He's got the dynamic arm. Uh, he, he's got feet. He's got that poise. He's got that kind of air about him. I don't want to say he's cocky, but he kind of is, but in a good way, not an obnoxious way. Right. I hear you. Uh, so I, I think by the end of the year, he, he's going to probably be in the, t- you know, he'll be an easy five-star, potentially a top 25 player. I mean, he, he, he's got first-round ability and first-round picks from the top 32. So I think you're going to continue to see him rise up. We just don't want to do it yeah. because of those those two workouts, the Elite 11 and Redondo, sure. and then the, the opening. So, no, I agree with you there. Yeah, no, no issue with that at all. So that kind of is going to do it for our West Coast love. Um, in the new 247 rankings. I think you guys do a good job, GB. Again, there's always going to be debates. Um, it's it's not an exact science, right? There's, this is all objective. Um, we, we do the best we can with what we have. And uh, But again, my hat is off to you guys because ranking kids is not easy. And also ranking them for projecting, for projection to the next, next level, which is the NFL level, um, that's probably twice as hard. So, you know, nice job, 247 Sports, uh, Barton Simmons, all those guys up over there, you, Huff, um, Steve Wilfong, all those cats. So, uh, nice work there, GB. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Like you said, man, it's, it's, it's not just physical ability, too. You're trying, to, you're trying to read the minds of what NFL wants, and NFL wants are different every year, sure. right? I mean, Absolutely. we talked about the D tackles, and we talked about the tight ends, and talked about, like, the running backs, and every year – 
you'll see 10 guys that kind of fit this mold. And two years later, it's changed. So that's why this is always a fluid thing. And but uh, and it's not fun either because no one likes to get the get the emails and the tweets. You're sleeping on me. You don't respect. I mean, it's like, <laughs> come on now. Like, yeah, like no one is sleeping on you because you're rated in the top 100, the top 50, the top. You know, you're in the two, top 200. No one is. You're not being slept on. Just, that you should be thanking God for the opportunities that you have. It's a compliment to be listed that highly. So, um, but no, I do appreciate the the shout out. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. So, uh, speaking of these rankings, GB. It's time to get to one to watch. Our one to watch this week from Servite High School. Again, Servite, the freshman team, they have won two straight, I believe, passing tournaments out here in Southern California. And I keep hearing everything about this kid, Jabari Bates, formerly of the OC Buckeyes, a athlete, 4'5", 140 kid as a ninth grader, super athlete with all types of size and length. A guy plays running back. He plays DB. He plays some receiver. He's just a, a... an athlete extraordinaire, and I mean, this guy's just making a ton of plays. So Jabari Bates, Servite High School, you better look out for those fighting Troy Thomases. Credo, <laughs> they are on the move and they're on the rise. You better watch out. Those Servite boys are back, and you give them a year or two, and they're going to be smacking some people around in that training league. Watch what I tell you. But Jabari Bates, one to watch here on the Transparent Truth. GB, it's about time we bring this baby to a close. I appreciate you, big dog, for jumping hey, on with me. Keith, real, real quick, real yes, quick. Yes, sir. And I, I know you want to get me out of here. I appreciate you for that. I, I promised a couple of Bosco breaks. I'll give him a little shout-out. Go with it. We, we always talk seven-on-seven, seven, but St. John Bosco won their third lineman competition. That's power cleans, that's benching, that's tug-of-wars, that's pushing sled, that's doing all those things. So because it's all about the skill guys in the offseason – Sure. I want to give those Bosco Braves a little bit of love. Congrats to Bosco for winning the lineman competition this past weekend. Chad Johnson put on an awesome event. I don't know if you're there, Keith. I think you're in Catton still, but yeah. the, the best part about that 7-on-7 seven seven lineman competition, it was over at 2.30. Beautiful. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. So shout-out to Bosco. Shout-out to Mission Viejo. Yep. Shout-out to Chad Johnson. Modern Day won the 7-on-7 seven seven portion. Got to throw that in there. Yep. Um, Bosco won the lineman competition, and Chad Johnson won was the MVP for getting us home early. No doubt. Love, Chad. Again, congratulations to Modern Day. They dominated uh, the 7-on-7 tournament. Cody Epps, uh, Damani Jackson, the incoming freshman, lighting it up. Brew McCoy getting back on the field, doing his dirt, as Brew can only do. And uh, they took out Bosco in the championship game. But shout-out to Bosco winning the Lyman tournament. Uh, you know, they are the tug-of-war kings. Ain't no doubt about it. And that may be the difference this year. That Bosco front on both sides of the ball, I think, might be the best in the state. They're loaded and they're deep and they're mean and they got a chip on their shoulder and they want revenge. I'm not going to say who they want revenge against, but I think everybody knows. <laughs> it gets obvious. Ain't no point. doubt about it. They're angry. They are angry. But hey, we appreciate you joining us on the show. Uh, follow my guy at Greg Biggins on Twitter. Follow me at Coach Keith underscore MP. Follow the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Every show drops also on YouTube if you don't have the other platforms that we are on. Without further ado, let's bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.